Hello. Welcome back to the rest of the sermon, Confessions of a Pastor. I'm excited about this episode this week. We are going to be beginning talking about looking at a new sermon that we just started this week at my church. It's a sermon that's focused on reclaiming Jesus, reclaiming Christ, uh, in a way that uh, I feel like uh, Jesus has been hijacked in our culture uh, to mean a lot of different things that perhaps Jesus didn't really stand for. And so we're going to take a hard look at the radical that Jesus really was and the message that he brought and what he calls us to do, who he calls us to be uh, in today's world. Each week we're going to be considering a question that is asked of Jesus and how he responds. This week uh, we focused in our service on the question, who is your neighbor? And so if you haven't been able to to see that sermon or, or participate in that service with us, I will put a link Uh, to that service in the show notes. I would encourage you to go uh, take a listen. You can fast forward through the worship if that's what you would like to do and and get just just to the message Um, where we talked about that question, who is your neighbor? Uh, Of course, that question gets posed to Jesus by a lawyer uh, who has just heard um, or or just asked Jesus about which commandment, which law is the most important. Uh, And Jesus responds that first you should love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, your strength. And then he puts the caveat in there. And you should love your neighbor as yourself. You should love your neighbor as God has loved you. And so with the agenda that this lawyer had in the audience, he he then pipes back up and says, Okay, Jesus, but but who is my neighbor? Jesus launches into a familiar story, I'm sure to all of us, the story of the Good Samaritan. Like most of Jesus' stories, this story has many layers. This parable has many layers. And we can look at it on face value in that Jesus picked the most despised uh, uh, culture, the most despised race of people uh, to project who was the neighbor in this scenario. Uh, If you're unaware, uh, Jewish believers, Jewish folks believed that uh, Samaritans were were half-breeds, they were inbreds, they were three-fifths human. Those are uh, terms that are loaded in our time, but I'm trying to uh, push the point that they were using loaded terms then too to describe this group of people that they despised. They wouldn't even recognize them as people. Yet Jesus made the Samaritan the hero. Why? I think there's two reasons, and one in particular I want to focus on in this podcast. And and so today I want to focus in on the importance uh, of uh, getting beyond tribalism. Uh, In a world that is so polarized, in a world that has differences that we experience so often, it's really easy to fall into the trap uh, of falling in with your tribe and and being with people that are like-minded. I think the challenge, though, the challenge that Jesus calls us to, this radical leader, says to us, you can't do that. This radical leader says, you've got to look beyond these tribal differences, if you will. And you've got to look for the humanity that exists in all of us. We have to be able to see that God has been uh, created individually in each and every one of us. So that when we look into the eyes of someone else, we are looking into the eyes of God. Those things sound good on the surface. They probably sound difficult or sound hard. Uh, we are, what, six days away from uh, an election that I cannot wait for it to be over, if for no other reason than I don't have to see the commercials anymore. 
Do I really think that much is going to change? I don't know. I sure hope it does, but I, I'm not betting the farm or, 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 or any of my stocks. I don't have stocks, but I'm not betting anything that it's going to change. Uh, I do think, though, uh, just the importance of being able to say, regardless of where you fall, regardless of what camp you're in, we are all created in the image of God. We are all godly beings. There's something else, though, that I want us to take away from this. I, I go way deeper into this in the sermon, okay? But, but one area I don't focus on uh, that I think is important for, for this audience, or if we were going to talk about the rest of the sermon, if we were going to talk about confessions of a pastor, if I were really going to be honest with you, this is something that I didn't share in the service that, looking back, I wish I would have. And that is the importance of treating ourselves as a neighbor as well. And what I mean by that is it, it gets really easy for us to, uh, when we think about the principles of Christ, to think about being missional people, of going outside beyond ourselves, extending grace, extending liberties, extending uh, goodwill and love toward others. But how many of us, in doing that, strip grace away from ourselves or are unwilling to extend grace to ourselves? are unwilling to extend the same kind of love that Christ calls us to give to others, that same kind of love to ourselves. And so I think it's important that, that in, in so much as we treat others as neighbors, and, and what that means is we love them how Christ has loved us, we have to recognize that Christ first loved us. Not because we deserve it, not, but because of who we are, inherently who we are. Just by the nature of our being, Christ loves us. I don't know if you need to hear that today. I know certainly I have needed to hear that many times throughout the last few weeks. This idea that just by the nature of who I am, I'm, I'm worthy because God says I'm worthy. Just by the nature of who I am, I am enough because God says I am enough. And it's not measured on my actions. It's not measured on what I've done or what I've earned or what. It's measured simply by the fact that, that, that God believes that. God believes that about me. And God believes that about you. So today, as we think about what it means to be neighbor, as we think about what it means to love, to love how Jesus has called us to love, to love how Jesus has loved us, let us not forget to love ourselves as well. And when we do that, when we're truly able to extend grace to ourselves, what a beautiful world this becomes. When we can extend grace to ourselves and extend grace outwards to others, when we can erase the idea of tribes and just come together as people that are created by God. I shared a story in the sermon, and in case you don't go listen, I'm going to share it here. It's a story about a church in, in Memphis, Tennessee. It was a church that there was a, a mosque being built next door to this church, and there was some uprest, some uh, uprest, unrest uh, in the community about this mosque coming in to the community, and so much so that the the news station decided to come and to do an interview with the pastor of this church where the mosque was being built next door. And the pastor's fielding questions uh, about what he thinks and about 
you know, uh, what it's going to mean for his church and, and all these things. And he, he becomes pretty concerned about this because he can see the tenor of the conversation and, and he can feel what the tenor in the community is. And he decides, you know, we've got to do something about this. And so the church came together and they made a decision to reach out to the imam of this mosque and to ask, hey, where are you worshiping in the meantime? Where are you worshiping while your mosque is being built? And the imam replied, basically, they were, they were worshiping in, in, in different people's houses and uh, talked about some of the struggle there. They, they didn't have enough space for everybody to gather at once. And so there was all these things and challenges. And the pastor said, well, how would you like to meet in our church while yours is being built, your mosque? The imam and, and the, the, the mosque uh, decided they would take the pastor up on this offer. And it's interesting, this story was written back in, in, in 2017, I believe, so some three years ago um, uh, or so. And uh, the, the interesting thing is that the, the pastor talked about uh, in a follow-up interview how even now the mosque is built, the, the questions stopped, the questions ended as soon as the, 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 this church partnered with this imam and with the mosque. The questions and the unrest and the concerns, they all went away. But what became even more special is that the, the mosque continued once a week to worship in the church. And they have invited the church once a week to go and to have fellowship and prayer in the mosque, to worship in the mosque. And so there's this relationship that has been built. And in spite of differences, in spite of the different tribes, in spite of all of these things, they look at each other as they truly are, created by God. And I thought that was just such a, a beautiful, beautiful image, a beautiful portrayal of what Jesus has asked us to do. So as we go about our lives, as we go about our day-to-day opportunities, our day-to-day rhythms, our day-to-day challenges... I wonder how many times we were presented with the chance to love someone. I wonder how often we are presented with the opportunity to be a neighbor. And I wonder how often we choose to meet that opportunity and we choose to be a neighbor. Something to consider. If you came across someone who was in need on the side of the road... How would you respond? And the story of the Good Samaritan, the priest, passed by on the other side. Likewise, the Levite, the law scholar, passed by on the other side. We don't know why. Perhaps they were afraid it was a scam. Perhaps they were afraid it was a trick. Perhaps they were afraid that those who had beaten this man and left him on the side of the road had not left him on the side of the road, but were simply waiting for their next victim. Perhaps they were running late for a meeting. Perhaps uh, there's all kinds of perhaps, right? But what we do know is that a third person came by. And that third person stopped what they were doing. And not only helped the man on the side of the road, bandaged him up, took him into town, took him to the inn, paid two denarii, two days wages to the innkeeper and said, take care of him. And when I come back, we'll settle up how much more I owe you. Don't ask this man for money. Don't demand something from him. Take it from me. 
What a powerful message. Are we the priest? Are we the Levite? Or do we dare to be the Samaritan? Do we create enough room that someone who's not in our tribe may actually even go beyond and do something nice for us? Or dare I even say we go beyond our tribe to do something nice or to care for someone else? And what about caring for yourself? I feel like today has been an awful lot of me asking questions or presenting questions and not giving an awful lot of answers, and part of that is intentional. Because it's my hope today that you would consider these questions. I mean, really consider them. Don't just take the story for face value like we've always done, like we've done so many times. But instead, to really hear the message, to really hear the words, What was it that Jesus was saying? What was he saying about people? When he says, love your neighbor as I have loved you. What does that really challenge us to do? And are we prepared? Are we prepared to meet that challenge? Are we ready to reclaim Jesus? It's a poignant question, one that I think is is so important for us to consider in this day and this time. It's important that we not let the Savior of the world be hijacked and be used for gain. But instead, it's important that we embrace the radical message that he gave, the radical way that he stood for, this Jesus movement. It was so much bigger, so much bigger than just the Jewish believers, as evidenced by where we are today. Are you ready to step up to the plate? Are you ready to love your neighbor? Are you ready to love yourself? Will you extend grace to someone else or to yourself? Will you look beyond your tribe? and instead love others? Will you reclaim Jesus today? Thanks for joining me for the rest of the sermon this week. I hope this episode provides an opportunity for you to think and to consider your own thoughts, your own motives, what drives you. And I hope together that we will make a choice to follow this radical leader who came some 2,000 years ago and challenged the very way of life then and our very way of life today. Until next time, God bless. As always, if you have any questions or feedback, you can send those to the rest of the sermon at gmail.com. It's been a pleasure having you this week, and I look forward to seeing you again next week when we discuss our next question. I'll see you then. Hope you have a great week. God bless.